Welcome to the Ralph Moore Podcast. Gain the leadership advantage as Ralph pulls wisdom from his bag of over 50 years experience in planting and leading multiplying churches. Our goal is to help you live as a leader you'd want to follow. You'll learn about making disciples and planting churches, but beyond that, you'll gain practical wisdom about subjects like how to manage your team, handling difficult people, pulling a congregation off a growth plateau, and even money management. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. Today, I'm getting to meet with one of my sons in the faith, uh, somebody who's really dear to me, close to my heart. Um, we took family vacations together, he and his wife, and, and yet he's, he's really young enough to be my son. And his name is Michael Kai. He's a pastor of Inspire Church in Honolulu and in Oahu, and uh, incredible growth they've had. Uh, but biggest thing to me is that he's my disciple, and uh, very, very thrilled to, to just have Mike here. So um, just welcome. Hey, Ralph. It's so good. Such an honor to reconnect with you in this fashion. Uh, normally, it's over the phone, and if you were here again, you're supposed to be here in April. We would have seen one another, but it's such an honor to be on your podcast. I listen to your podcast. I'm always gleaning wisdom from you, and I, I you hold you and Ruby dear and near to mine and Lisa's heart. So we love you guys. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you. I want to talk a little bit about, just to start this thing off, about, you know, when I first met you, you were like 20, 21 years old. Uh, had already been uh, divorced, uh, wife abandoned you and your child, and uh, pretty broken at that at that time. Just kind of take us through a few minutes of, of what that was like. <clears throat> yeah, so um, going back in history, as I do that often, because I, it always remembers and reminds me where I came from. Um, and so um, I got married at a young age at 19. I, I discovered that I was going to be a father. And so I wanted to own up to that responsibility. And of course, I was, I was in love. Um, so I quit school. Um, was at the University of Hawaii. My goal, if you remember that, Ralph, was to be in the Air Force. Um, I wanted to be a pilot. I wanted, that was a ROTC program. And, um, you know, walking on in the basketball team at UH, got offered a walk-on spot by um, Coach Bob Nash. But I didn't have enough credits. I only had nine. You needed 12. Um, so all of my dreams and goals um, had to be put on the side or I had to find new ones. But when you're that young, you don't know how to process that. And so 19 years old, uh, quit school, went immediate, immediately to work for Shell Service Gas Station and Pizza Hut um, in Honolulu and um, never saw myself um, not in school. Um, but that's what it was. Um, the 19, at 19, being a father and a husband at the same time with no God in your life at the center, it was already um, an uphill battle. It was difficult. Um, so when, by the time I was 21, um, it was one of the most difficult seasons of my life. At 21, Ralph, I walked into your church, homicidal and suicidal. I uh, wanted to kill somebody, would have killed myself. Um, but the only thing that kept me alive wasn't necessarily God. It was my two-year-old, Courtney. Um, that made me realize that if I'm, if I'm gone, her mom doesn't want to be here, then she's my, I can't lay that on my parents. So my friends kept telling me about church and the church that they went to. And they kept saying, you got to come to my church. And I said, Ralph, I said, I don't want church. I don't think church would accept me because I came from, you know, not to throw any shade on the Catholic church, but um, my mom said, you can't take communion. I said, why? I wasn't, I'm still here. (laughs) I can't take communion. Well, I ain't going. I'm not going to go. So I dug my heels in and said, fine, I'm not going. Um, but in the, in the middle of that, my friends were telling me about this great church. 
And Ralph, they were telling me about it and they kept bugging me and bugging me. But Ralph, in the meantime, remember what opened my eyes to the gospel was I, I got into Amway because I had no goals. And when I got into Amway, now I started learning how to read. I started reading books because I never read a lot in college. Um, I was reading books. Um, I was reading stuff like um, Tough Times Never Last, But Tough People Do by Robert Schuller. Um, the Greatest Salesman in the World by Ogmandino. These books started to give me hope. And when that message of hope I was reading and my friends telling me, you got to come to church. Finally, I said, okay, to get these guys off my back, I said, all right, tell me about your church. And by the way, it was Hope Chapel, uh, the church that you, were, you pastored. And he said, you got to come to church. I said, what's your church like? He says, well, my church has got drums and guitars and it's got music. And I go, you got drums and guitars in your church? Like, yeah, we got drums. What else about this church? He says, well, we got a pastor. A pastor? You don't have a priest? I don't even know what a pastor is. Tell me about him. He says, yeah, we're, he wears jeans, preaches from the Bible. Wait, he wears jeans, preaches from the Bible. You got drums, you got guitars. That don't sound like a church. That sounds like a cult to me. He goes, no, you got to come. That's like, all right. So, so what year bugging. was this? Just, to, just for people for background, what year was okay, this? Okay, I'm 52 years old. Um, this, was, this was 1989. All right. 1989. And um, he said, well, you got to come. I said, I don't want to go. He goes, you got to come. You got to go. He goes, I'll buy your breakfast. I said, okay, I'll go. Because back then, you know, free breakfast would have done it. And uh, I tell everybody, never underestimate the power of bacon. And um, so he picked me up. I dressed up in my Sunday best. I overdressed for church. <laughs> I dressed up Courtney. And we took the 40-minute ride from Manoa Valley all the way to Kaneohe. Now, I never went to Kaneohe. I, I didn't even go to the other side of the island. And so there I was. I walked in. I heard the drums. I was nervous. Um, I walked up to the cafeteria. Um, it was different. I walked into the room. They took Courtney one way. They put me the other way. They usher me to the second row. Who does that? And I'm in the second row. You're teaching. I don't know what you said. I saw the worship words. They look like karaoke or karaoke love songs to God because I was in the karaoke bars a lot singing. You know that. Um, drowning my sorrows. And the worship got me. And then the message was preached. And then that afternoon or that morning, I looked up and I raised my, I raised my hand um, and I never stopped coming back. Now, my marriage didn't change. I still held out for three more years. I was celibate and single. There's a difference. I was celibate and single. I waited and God was moving in my heart. I finally joined the small group you called it mini church. Um, and I had three tries. The funny thing is, Ralph, I went to the first one that our friend Mark ran, and I went to it, and they said, hey, it's too big. This is too big. We got to stop inviting people. That was my first one. I said, I don't want to be here, <laughs> and so I didn't go back, and then finally, someone says, come to John's, and I said, John Honnold, I'd like, okay, I like that guy, and so I went. They said, they, I said, can I bring my daughter? They said, yes, you can, and uh, that began the, the um, I went from a Sunday attender, faithful to God, learning everything, doing the holy hustle with Amway, American Airlines. Now I got a job there and my life was changing. And then you, there's this pretty girl we can talk about that I ended up marrying, but we can get to that later. <laughs> yeah, I remember uh, when John went out to start uh, Hope Chapel in uh, Kapolei, he wanted to take uh, you with him. 
And I knew that if you went, Lisa would go. You guys were still were dating then. And she was our children's pastor at the time. And just for context, uh, what, what had she been like, like Narcissus Queen or something? She's kind of won some kind of beauty contest. In- uh, no, she was a runner up. She should have won. She anyway, would have won. She would win it today. But back then she was runner up. And you had this beautiful Chinese girl that I couldn't tell if she was Chinese. I thought she was Korean or Japanese or Chinese, one or the other. She was unique. Um, she looked innocent and she was, she was um, naive and regal all at the same time. And she took a chance on a single dad. You know, by the time the writing was on the wall and biblically, there was no, it just wasn't going to happen again. And even though I would have given it an, uh, another shot, it just wasn't, marriage. yeah, it wasn't going to happen anymore. She didn't want to come back. So that's a story in and of itself, man. Um, but I gave it one more year before I dated. So now I'm, t- I'm about 24 years old <clears throat> and I'm asking God, God, if I can ever get married again, after one year, I heard Pastor Jack Hayford of one year of now I'm single and celibate again for another year. Cause I need healing. I need wholeness. And Ralph for another year, I, at the end of that year, I said, okay, it's been a year since the ink is dry. Um, and Jack Hayford said, pray, pray specifically. Cause back in that day, Ralph, I was, I was discipled a lot on the radio. Um, Pastor Jack, Mike McIntosh, Chuck Smith, uh, just to name a few. And of course, your, your program. I was a tape fiend. I ordered tapes, tapes from my business motivation side, um, your tapes. And my car, I turned it because I couldn't go to school. I, w- I turned it into the University of Success. That's what I called it. Uh-huh. My, remember my success mobile when I rolled up yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. to the wedding and I broke my clutch in my Datsun B210 at Tim Gressith's wedding and I looked at you and I was so embarrassed and you stood out there going, what is Lisa Lum getting herself into? Well, Lisa Lum is the girl that I prayed for. I prayed. I said, Lord, if I can ever get, ever get married again, Jack said, get, get specific. So Lord, can she please be five foot seven? Okay. Cause I don't want short kids. <laughs> I said, I told Lisa, I should have prayed you were five ten. Anyway, five foot seven, gorgeous Chinese and loves Jesus more than me. She got to love Jesus more than me because if she does, we'll make it through anything. So I didn't go through your church. I didn't creep. I didn't, I didn't scope. I didn't go in looking for girls. At the, I didn't go to the Friday night single service. I went to the old people service at 815. So never the two shall meet. You know, she was like this and I was going like this. And then I saw her at one of your young adult Christmas events. And Ralph, I want you to know that she kind of, um, she, um, she took advantage of her position. She took the roster of the church and she saw my name and she called me the next day. And that's how it all started. Really? Yes. I, I never have heard that story. That is funny. It, it was the Christmas party at Dole Cannery Square and uh, the Dole Ballrooms. And I walked in and I saw her and, and I was like, oh my gosh, she must be the one. Yeah, she's tall. She's gorgeous. And I think she loves Jesus. We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> that is really fun. And then, um, you know, get, 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 I mean, the wedding was the time that uh, we, we already knew each other. You'd take me out to lunch one day at McDonald's. And I remember at that time, it's when you were first in the church and uh, you're driving a Jeep Cherokee with a hole in the roof and it was raining on my foot. The wedding, I, I mean, I couldn't believe it. You, you kind of got up and you sang to Lisa and you, the stuff you said after the wedding and the, in the reception just, it's like, oh my goodness, I, I'm seeing this guy in a whole different light. And, uh, and so I dropped the bomb on you about, you ought to think about being a pastor. Kind of take us through 
through that? Because I know that was a, a kind of a tip. <clears throat> well, I think what they, um, what all of your listeners and viewers um, should hear is that before I married Lisa and I proposed, I had to pass the Ralph test. That's and true. the Ralph test was taking me out to McDonald's Wednesday mornings for about six of them in a row. And I couldn't believe that the pastor, especially Pastor Ralph Moore, was asking me to breakfast. Of course, I knew I was being, um, I was being watched. I, I knew that you were testing me. I knew you wanted to hear what was in my heart. You wanted to know how faithful I was to my vows. I know you wanted to see what was in this guy. And I think I passed the test. Oh, yeah, you um, did. And let me just interrupt for a minute. I wouldn't do this with everybody. Uh, but she, she was a staff pastor in the church. And so, and, and at this point, you're not saying anything about ministry or any of that. It's just, you know, I just want to make sure that this marriage is going to be something that builds, adds the kingdom and had no idea in the incredible ways that it would and did. Yeah. Go, go ahead. I interrupted you. No, you can interrupt. This is your show. Um, yeah. I had no idea what, what God was going to do. Um, I just, I just was grateful that um, a, a beautiful woman, you know, I was broken that would, that actually loved me, thought I was attractive, thought that I had something to offer because I, I was at my lowest back then. You know, I believed that nobody wanted me. I believed I was a loser because those, those are the names that I was called. And when you called that for three years, you know, you, you got to overcome that with either some self-confidence or God, God doing something in your, in your life. And so God brought Lisa and accepted a, a single dad. And so we became an instant blended family, but the day of the wedding, it was, it was special because um, you did it. <clears throat> John was there. He was my mentor at the time. And um, um, you came up and you actually kind of ruined the honeymoon, if I can be, <laughs> be honest, is <laughs> because um, I took those words to heart because they were weighty. Because God was already doing something in my heart. The second week, I think I went back to church after I got saved at your church, which was our church. I got saved. I, I, I promise I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me in, in my heart of hearts and saying, you're going to do that one day. And I talked myself out of it. I said, there's no way. Um, what an ambitious thing to, to think. That cannot be God. That's got to be me. Um, I'm so far from it. Too far. Put it out of your head. Go be a millionaire. That's my, that was my goal. Um, and then um, when uh, cut the tape, no. <laughs> um, and then I remember yeah. when you came up and put your put your finger in my chest um, when everybody left because I was trying to shoo the room out, get everybody, get everybody out of the ballroom so we can go um, celebrate this this marriage. And uh, you put your finger in my chest and said. You ought to be a pastor. You didn't say you should think about being in a ministry. No, Ralph, you put your finger in my chest and you said, you ought to be a pastor. And you and Ruby are looking at me and I felt like this wave picked me up and I couldn't get off this wave. And it was, uh, I joke around that it ruined, it ruined the honeymoon, but it actually prepared me for uh, the marriage and the ministry of a lifetime. And so, you know, we joined you on staff. You just saw, you you and Rob McWilliams saw something in me and, um, and I was rough around the edges when I got there. <laughs> I was so rough around the edges. <laughs> yeah. It was exciting. I mean, watching you grow, um, uh, it, it was fun. I mean, this whole process that you've been describing, by the way, 
uh, if you're listening to this, Mike has written a book called Pound for Pound Principle. And you can get it on Amazon. You can get it by checking out uh, Inspire Church. But you really need to read this book because it will change your life. But it's about his life changing. And we all got to watch that. And then he came on staff and uh, ran our, our youth ministry for a long, long time. And, 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 you know, it's the way that we've always done things. I was still watching the Lord, you know, refine and, and uh, you know, round some of the rough edges and the square corners. And uh, it, it's, just, it's just been fun. And uh, then our friendship really began to grow. And I, I just, I don't know why. I, I felt like, you know, John Hall is another one that I would call a son in the faith. And, um, and then when he had gone, uh, you're there and we started hanging out and um, yeah. What was that like for you? I mean, I was looking wow. at you as, as somebody. I that, just wanted to be um, around you. Yeah. I'm just trying to relationally disciple yeah. Michael Kai. Um, yep. we, we didn't read a little books together. We did that in staff meeting and talked about yep. it, but, but more so just through friendship. Yeah. You invited me into your world. Um, you know, I got into the sacred spaces um, and my the, the best thing you did was put a pool in your backyard because it's where we hung out on Sunday afternoons um, before we went to Sunday youth services. Um, it's where my daughters, two of my girls learned how to swim. Uh, it's where we celebrated the 4th of July. It's where uh, Ruby made those beautiful angel, angel eggs, AKA deviled eggs, but we called them angel eggs. <laughs> and this is where with her, with her paprika on it. And, um, we just entered into your life and at the same time you had the, you had the challenge of smoothing off the rough edges cause they were rough. Um, and, but you had this hungry, um, I had this mentality of, of a sponge that I wanted to pick your brain on everything. I didn't really let you rest. Um, I had questions all the time, organizational, the guys used to tease me behind my back. They call me baby Ralph. And a part of me used to be upset about it. The other part of me just laughed. I said, because you, cause this is who I am. And you, you want to learn, you want to have an administrative mind, get around an administrator. And so you passed on that administrative gift and Lisa already had it. So I kind of was, I had an organizational mind. I thought like that. The interesting thing was it, it, it bothered me for some time that I wasn't in that executive team. You know, I wasn't at that level. Uh, I had an overseer above me. And I always wanted in that room. I wanted in that room. I want to be a part of decisions. Um, I'm, I'm taking decisions. I want to be part of the solution. Um, but it actually was, I heard it said that Michael Jordan, they said, I'm not comparing myself to Michael Jordan, but somebody asked Michael Jordan in his, you know, second year of, of his pro career and asked him, he says, is there anybody in college that ever held you under 20 points per game? He goes, yeah. And he goes, what was his name? He says, my coach, Dean Smith. Dean Smith would not let me score more than 20 points a game. And I felt in some sense that I was not allowed into that level because I had, there wasn't hierarchy. Um, it wasn't because of skill. It was probably because of a hierarchy. It was probably more organizational leadership, actually, the structure. But I was like at that guy. I was that guy knocking on that door. I was that guy going, I want more. And you always gave me, you gave me everything I needed. And what I compensated for was the relationship that we had, was that I got to be around you and Ruby. And it was a blessing from vacation times to pool times. And you discipled me under the hood of a car. I like to tell everybody. So we did it relationally. So you taught me how to change oil. You taught me how to save money. Ralph, the lessons that you taught me, I pass on to my staff today. You told me don't buy brand new. 
Never buy a brand new car. Um, pay cash for your cars. So there was a season, all I drove was Volvos um, because they were old, they were big, and I could get my hands in there and I could change the oil myself. Um, you, my, my friends are buying new cars. You said, don't get the new car. Remember I wanted the new Honda Odyssey van and everybody on our staff was getting them and I was jealous. <laughs> but you said, Mike, let them get the car, you get the house. Let them get the car, you get the house. And I got my house and that house parlayed into more real estate. So a lot of lessons that you taught me about retirement, um, retirement funds, about ministry, about leadership, about discipleship was all done under the hood of a car or while we were pounding nails or we were in the pool. So it was highly relational. Yeah, and it was, for me, it was, uh, you were a sponge. You're just willing to learn anything and everything. And I mean, there were just life lessons, you know, literally how to pound nails. I remember uh, doing stuff in your backyard. We're trying to level it out so you could put in a, what, I, I guess a hot tub. I can't remember what it was even. But yeah. all of those things. And, and I had a, a sense that if you were in that senior staff role, I couldn't give you that kind of time because that, there, that would begin to create uh, conflicts, jealousies, those kinds of issues you've got to be aware yeah. of. But, you know, I just, um, you know, and it's paid off. I mean, good night, it's paid off. If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe and check his blog at ralphmore.net.